This podcast is brought to you by True Voice. We're bringing you automated win, loss, and no decision analysis at scale so you can find and fix seller blind spots in near real time. With automated customer feedback from every opportunity, you'll uncover what buyers truly care about when purchasing, what your competitors are doing to adapt, and how the experience with your sales reps impact win rates. With this new insight, your sellers automatically receive the right science-backed sales training from Corporate Visions based on their individual strengths and weaknesses. It's time to get more from your win-loss analysis. True Voice moves you from just-in-case to just-in-time coaching and training. Visit us at www.truevoice.io and start winning more today. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me for another edition of Sales Intelligence Weekly, brought to you by True Voice. I'm your host, Ryan Quelder. The use of artificial intelligence in sales is revolutionizing the way businesses approach customer engagement, lead generation, and sales forecasting, and a litany of other things too. This revolution brings with it a lot of questions and even worry from reps and leaders on what this means for the future. In an ever-changing sales landscape, it's important maybe to understand how AI can impact your sales motions. And on today's show, we're going to explore how AI has transformed B2B selling thus far. We'll dive into how your sellers can leverage AI to increase win rates, and we'll even look into the future to see how AI might continue to transform B2B selling. So I'm hoping Frank brought his crystal ball, so we can all look into the future. Uh, exploring this with his crystal ball today is Mr. Frank Pinder, EVP of Digital Transformation at Corporate Visions. Frank, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. I'm super excited about this uh, topic. I'm also really passionate about it as well. So I'm looking forward to diving into all the juicy details with you today. Okay, juicy details. Is there a, first of all, did AI produce a crystal ball for you that you have somewhere that is no, no crystal ball? You know, um, no crystal ball, unfortunately. If I did, I'll tell you what, though, I would, if I had one of those, I wouldn't be on this podcast. I think I'd be like mega rich from uh, playing the stock market. Um, but, you know, TBD, TBD on how good AI is, but I don't think it's a crystal ball status yet. So isn't that funny how everybody says, well, if I could go back to the future, you know, back into the uh, the past, I would lay bets on everybody talks about the stock market when they, if they, if they had clairvoyance or whatever, it's always stock market bets. That's because that's what I would do too, you know? Right. So, so, you know, Frank, before we get into the conversation here, let our, you know, help our listeners understand who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your experience. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I wear a couple different hats. So I'm the executive vice president of digital sales transformation here at Corporate Visions. And um, essentially what I focus on is looking in aggregate at the very large enterprise. So think about like the Fortune 500, Fortune 1000. And I spend a lot of time and energy thinking through how companies are actively trying to navigate different flavors or different variations of what we now refer to as digital sales transformation. Um, And just to kind of like put a fine point on that and define it, um, it's really about the digitization, literally, of, of sales organizations and how there's been a macro shift to being more virtual and less face-to-face and in-person. And the buyer buyers have reacted to that as well. I'm looking forward to unpacking some of those details with you today. I also contribute a lot of research to our scientific community. So 
I'm the principal field trial analyst at B2B Decision Labs. Um, I, I act as an advisor to the, the Vidyard team, which is a software platform, great company, um, as, as well as uh, sit on the advisory board with the AISP recently rebranded re to Emblaze. And the AISP, for anybody who doesn't know, um, is the Association of Inside Sales Professionals. And we're super, super excited about the, uh, the rebrand and the new go-to-market with Emblaze. So very exciting stuff. Yeah, congrats on that, by the way. That's a, it's always a big deal when you have a new uh, new logo, new go-to-market and all that stuff. So congrats. So talking to the right guy, uh, let's hop into this, Frank. So as an EVP of digital transformation, from your perspective, let's 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 look at let's look into the past, right? How has the world of selling evolved in the past, say, five to ten years? Wow, what a big question. I know. So we're starting off was, small. We're starting off small. <laughs> we're starting off small. Like jump we right into things. End. <laughs> I hear you. So, I mean, I'll give you my take on it. I mean, the the world has changed in leaps and bounds. Um, I mean, I was I was with some some people this week doing some keynotes, and we were talking about some of those macro changes that have happened in our lives. Like even just like Uber happened in the last decade, right? And Isn't so that crazy like, to think about? Oh yeah, right. Or like e-commerce is like you know I I don't know anybody in my immediate circle that prefers to like go to the store as opposed to like get their toilet paper online. You know, I just don't know anybody who wants who wants to do that anymore. I know there's people out there that still do, but how is how has the world of, of sales changed in the last five to ten years? Well, here's what I can say: I um, I kind of grew up in inside sales. Like I spent most of my early career coming up through inside selling organizations, working with like very large enterprise companies and and some small companies alike, helping them design and build inside sales teams, and that's where like the genesis of my experience was kind of forged, and Inside sales was always kind of what I would refer to uh, in the in the broader sales world as almost like the second class citizen, and uh, you know people would think when they think inside sales they would think um, junior in their career, less skilled, they don't close as big a deals as field sales teams. Um, you know they they had kind of this let's just call it like negative connotation or like lower or lesser than connotation, and then for years you know I was saying I was this advocate that was saying. Um, inside sales is the future. The world is going to digital. The world is the future. Like inside sales is the future. It's going to take over field sales one day. And all the field sales leaders would say, or just sales leaders would say, that's so nice, Frank. Like, thank you so much. Go ahead and go sit in the corner and take your place. Uh, yeah, your time, maybe it'll come one day, but like, it's not even close. And then what happens, right? 2020, holy smokes, like holy smokes, global pandemic. Now I had every field, field sales leader under the sun calling me saying, hey, Frank, I got 10,000 sales reps in China and they can't leave their apartments. What do I do? I have no idea what to do. They had no tools, no technology, no process, no infrastructure to be able to support these people in this new world where even if we wanted to go see or meet our customers face to face, we couldn't because we because of a global pandemic. And frankly, they didn't want us there either. Right. And so, I mean, that's the obvious major shift or major change. And now as the world has kind of, I mean, we're we've evidently, you know, exited this this pandemic period, right? There's there's a new normalcy, new reality that's really set in. Yeah. And what we've seen now is we've seen sales organizations experience these tremendous and wonderful benefits of, of being able to digitally or virtually sell, right? Um, sales cycles are faster, like no T and E, 
right? Like, <laughs> like re reduction in TNE, um, all kinds of incredible benefits of being able to sell and conduct business at a higher velocity in a virtual world. And a lot of these things now are here to stay. As a matter of fact, they're considered what we would say like best practices today of how to operate in a sales organization. And even if you're in the field and you're a field sales rep, the reality is, is I don't know if a field sales rep really even exists anymore. And it's it, we've started to think about this or refer to this as the hybrid sales rep, which basically means, hey, I can go into the field and sell if I need to. I can get on a plane. I can get in my car and drive and go see my customer. But the vast majority of the interactions that I'm going to have with my buyer are going to be done virtually. It's going to be. Yeah, I'm just as comfortable calls. online as I am face to face. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes people challenge me on that. And I say, uh, well, when's the last time you hand signed a contract? Like when's the last time your buyer hand signed a contract and you, and, and you went into their office to get it notarized in front of somebody? You probably can't even remember a time when you're doing that. You know, I was saying that actually for the last couple of years, and I, I kid you not. All right. Uh, we have a new customer who is working with us to help them support their, their digital sales transformation, large enterprise company. And they made us hand sign our contracts. I kid you not. And Look I was like, okay, 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 okay. Evidence here that wet uh, signatures that we... <laughs> still live. It does. It's still alive. I didn't think it still existed out there in the world, but it does. Okay. So there's like massive shifts. I mean, there's been massive shifts. Some of it accelerated by uh, the pandemic and the realities that that brought on. But really, this was the direction. This was almost the inevitability. If it wasn't the pandemic, it was going to be something else that pushed it kind of down this path, right? Totally. I mean, that's always been my view is, I mean, the the the, the benefits of an inside selling organization, now what I would refer to as a digital sales organization. Yeah. Um, are just like really evident. I mean, just think about what you could do in a day. Like how many customers could you meet if you got in your car and you went and drove and saw them? Maybe, maybe one an hour if you're like really, really going after it. Yeah. But on, on the phone, like I could talk to a hundred people in a day if I really wanted to. I mean, like if I was super aggressive, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's not quite right, but like 20 or 30 people in a day, no problem. Right. Like very mm -hmm. easily. So I can just, I can reach I can reach more people in a virtual world. Um, I can do business faster, right? Like, um, I don't I actually, Ryan, where are you based? I don't even remember where you're based. Where are you based? So yeah, I'm in I'm in Salt Lake City in Utah. Okay, you're in Utah, right? I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, <laughs> if we wanted to record this podcast in person, right? Like, shoot, I'd have to get on a plane. I'd have to fly to you. We'd have to go to a studio. We'd have to sit down, like all for the purposes of maybe like 30 to 60 minutes worth of content. But the reality is, is we can conduct business and sales or even this way virtually just with much more velocity um, and speed. And, and some of those benefits that have been around for a long time that we would consider to be just say table stakes content concepts and inside sales are now being extrapolated out broadly to, to entire sales organizations, independent of what role that you're in. Okay. Love this. All right. So massive shifts, massive changes. Um, I would consider them like you, most of them good because they, they reduce cost. They increase um, scalability, they increase the, our reach in just, just in terms of number. And frankly, my very personal favorite are demos. So, you know, working for CVI with specifically in true voice, we work with a software and demoing online. It, it can be so much more powerful than it can be in person in terms of, um, 
ability to change course quickly and and be able to prep in, in ways that we haven't had when you're when you're face to face. So having said this, let's let's so that's what's happened kind of in the past. Looking down the path a little, or looking in the more recent past, let's let's call it that way. Let's call it that. How has AI transformed B2B selling thus far? You know, what, what have you seen so far with specifically around artificial intelligence? Totally. Um, before, before we go there, I, I, I do want to go there. I'm super excited to talk about this topic. I want to talk about the, the flavors of transformation that I think are happening or like the lanes, because it's fallen into these lanes. Okay. And then I think AI is being applied in different ways across these lanes as we go forward. So I kind of want to like, just take one step back there first. So in the enterprise specifically, there are really three big um, kind of shifts that are happening around digital sales transformation, all of which, by the way, is being underpinned, in my opinion, by, by artificial intelligence. And so the first one is really companies who have been drinking the inside sales champagne for a really long time. They've had inside selling organizations of one, two, six, $10 billion inside of their organization today. And they've been doing it for 20 or 30 years, but they have a different set of problems now, right? Like now that the world has become completely digitized and sales is really moving towards being completely digitized. Well, it's harder than ever to get through to your buyer because everybody's just inundating our buyers with bad content with with uh, with dirty data it's just like it's just kind of like a, a battle out there and they have a really distinct set of problems um and i ref, i kind of refer to them as the bucket of optimize they need help optimizing the way that they do business today from an inside sales efficiency uh efficiency perspective and so the way ai is starting to kind of fit into organizations that have these legacy inside selling organizations um is uh, the first domino that's I'm starting to see fall anyway, is uh, automation, process automation. So if we think about a day in the life of a rep and the productivity that that person has, well, let's say they spend their time cleaning through lead lists and let's say they spend their time having to research accounts or they spend their time having to craft personalized custom messages to a buyer that's going to resonate. Well, that takes a lot of time. Well, AI is starting to automate some of those processes now to enable reps to free up more of their time to actually be selling, right? And so our optimized customers, the first kind of AI domino that we see falling is really around um, process improvement and automation. The second lane that I would uh, kind of classify companies in, in terms of um, sales transformation that they're navigating is what we call the convert converts of the world. They've had legacy field sales organizations, and they've always done business that way. They're maybe like extremely branch led driven sales or very like foot soldier face to face dropping in on customers offices. And these people are looking at 10, 20, 30, 50,000 sales reps at a time. And they're saying, well, I think I could probably convert a portion of my field sales force into an inside selling or a digital selling mechanism. I don't need that many foot soldiers out there in the field anymore. I can actually conduct a business more quickly um, if I'm looking at more of a digital sales motion. And so for these companies, what we've seen is this macro shift of them shifting really big portions of their P&L in terms of how they go to market into more of a digital sales motion. And companies are thinking through things like, how do we, um, how do we take away a thousand 
uh, company cars from a field sales rep? And like, how do we, how would he navigate that change management piece? And what those companies are learning for the first time is what it means to actually have a digital selling organization. And so they're starting to put in these really basic tools that we would consider table stakes in any digital sales organization, like win-loss analysis tools, for example, especially when you can automate that. Um, they're putting in sales engagement platforms like the outreaches and the sales lofts of the world, um, revenue intelligence platforms like Gong. And they're starting to actually take advantage of artificial intelligence through sales technology as it exists today. And it's really about them kind of building this, this digital sales or inside sales foundation for the very first time. And then there's this last category that I, I kind of, uh, that, that I believe most companies fall into, which is they have those legacy field sales organizations and maybe they're converting a bit of it, but they also need to modernize and you refer to it as modernizing, modernize their, their legacy field sales teams. They have people who've always been selling in the field for 10, 20, 30, 40 plus years and they're not used to conducting business over Zoom, for example, or, or Microsoft Teams. They're not used to conducting business in a virtual manner. Um, maybe they can't even like type the way you and I would type on a keyboard, right? And so those people need a whole different set of skills and a whole different approach. And, um, and from an artificial intelligence standpoint for them, I think before you can even get to how does AI enhance their life, let's get them these foundational skills of just being able to do some of the basics of conducting business in a virtual world. And so under above kind of artificial intelligence, thinking through it at the, of the lens of um, digital sales transformation, those themes are each in my, in my view, being supported by AI in slightly different ways. Okay. So there's like, it sounds like you've got some sort of uh, like an order of operations here. And what I'm hearing you say is before you go full bore, full hog and focus just on AI, they're depending on what lane you might be in as an organization, you might need to start with something first, something other than AI first. Am I, am I hearing you right? I would say that's a, uh, an excellent observation. Like, um, don't put the cart ahead of the horse. Right. Um, I was, I was talking to somebody just yesterday and we were talking about this concept of seeking to understand before you solution mm. and a lot of times we see the latest greatest hottest thing we try to rush to that thing we try to solve for that thing mm. and then we skip um really trying to understand what we're actually solutioning for um i had this boss that used to refer to this concept as little kids playing soccer on the soccer field yeah. And if you think about little kids playing soccer, right, what happens? They get in their formation. They get ready to play soccer. The ball gets dropped. They start kicking around the field. And then what do they all do? They all run to the ball. And then yeah. the ball, they kick the ball to the other side of the court. And they all run to the ball on the other side or the field. They all run to the ball on the other side of the field. And they just chase the ball around the field, right? And so there isn't, they kind of lose that, that structure and that strategy of being able to actually play in a beneficial way. And so, yeah, like you got to get your own house in order. You have to seek to understand before you solution and uh, and really try to self-identify where you're at. And what's interesting about those three classifications, right? Optimize, modernize, and convert is that some of our customers are all three. They have digital sales organizations they have um, and that they're trying to optimize. They're trying to shift some field sales resources into digital sales resources. And they have field sales resources that just need to be modernizing their approach. 
Okay. So you, and you've mentioned uh, with those three lanes that you see AI kind of underpinning each of those three lanes. How are they underpinning? You know, help me understand that. Yeah, let's talk about it a little bit. So let's just, uh, let's start with like the extreme end of the spectrum, which is the profile of a field sales rep who is still struggling to even log into their Zoom meeting, right? right. Or still struggling to figure out how, which button to click to send a DocuSign. Um, they're not ready for artificial intelligence. Now we may want them to be, and uh, and we may need them to be, but we got to fix the house first and make sure that they have, let's just call it like, baseline digital dexterity before we can actually start augmenting or improving their life with artificial intelligence. I think it's also forcing a lot of us to think about are some of the people that we have in our field sales organization today, the right profile of the person that we need them to be for tomorrow. And so there's a lot of considerations there. Now let's like move a step backwards and let's look at the convert customers, the company or the convert, the convert companies, excuse me, who are shifting their sales resources. Well, so many of the Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 don't have any sales tools. And when I and they have CRM maybe, but I mean, I did a, a project two years ago with a publicly traded company that didn't even have a CRM, right? And so step one was let's get you a CRM, right? So, but when we think about those, those companies, um, they don't have to necessarily build a whole generative AI model for themselves to get started. They can actually take advantage of some of the tools and technology that are already on the market today that many enterprises are using and adopting as what I would just consider to be table stakes tools. And we talked about some of those. So thinking about um, like platforms like Gong, for example, that just launched a new product, Engage, where I can literally type a message in an email and generative AI is built into that. And it'll give me different versions of that email that I can then send to my customer. I want to have a aggressive tone perhaps, or I want to have a soft tone or an understanding tone. And it's going to help augment the way that I can, I can uh, write my business, my business content to my customer at scale in a personalized way. And also with the right tone and inflection, right? So, okay, cool. There's a tool that has AI built into it. That's really easy for me to use. And I have no tools today. It's the fastest and easiest way to start thinking about deploying AI. And those companies are rapidly developing artificial intelligence capabilities and baking that into their core product today. Or when I think about, for example, like win loss analysis and being able to automate that at scale and being able to really capture that customer feedback and be able to, being able to aggregate that. Well, if I'm going to market in a new way with a new group of people selling to buyers who I, traditionally we have not sold to digitally, well, I better understand their feedback about it, right? One of our customers is selling to um, like electricians and plumbers, and these people are in the field and they were very nervous and very reluctant about selling to this profile and a digital sales emotion. They're like, there's no way this is gonna work. And when we looked at all the data, like the, the we looked at all the data and even the NPS score, what we found is that they actually strongly prefer that over any other way that they've done business in the past. And like mind was blown, right? For these customers saying like, there's no way in a million years, I would have guessed that that was gonna happen. But I don't wanna to detract too much from the AI topic here, but the, the gist of it is, is that there are some really foundational, amazing tools on the market today that have been around as table stakes, just call them digital selling best practice tools. 
um, that have rapidly started to incorporate AI. And it's just about taking advantage of something that you don't have today and putting that into your environment so that you can start getting the best of what AI has to offer. Okay. So I want to unpack something. Uh, first, I, I, as you were talking about um, those organizations that might be in the modernized pool or modernized lane, um, how they might need to, you know, get their house in order first before they really lean into heavily on AI. Uh, a friend of mine was uh, on vacation in Hawaii uh, earlier this year before Maui uh, caught fire. What a travesty. But uh, he was out there and he was at some excursion and they were in the bus and the the bus, uh, the, the leader of the excursion said, okay, we have a, we're going to have a 45 minute bus ride here. Uh, does anybody have any questions for me? And somebody raises their hand and says, Hey, um, how do you know if there's sharks in the water? And the, the guy friend goes, okay, so what you do is you take your hands and if you're standing in the water, you take your hands, you put them in the water and then you pull them out and then you lick them. And if there's salt, there's sharks in the water. And so uh, my question for you is how do you know if there's sharks in the water? How do you know, how do you know if you fit in the modernized pool Right, right. How do you know if you need to start with some of that basic digital? What did you call it? Digital, not fluency. You called it digital uh, dexterity. Dexterity. How do you know? How do you? How do you know? What are some signs? Yeah, I mean, I think aside from what we've talked about so far, like the obvious signs are, you know, what is the? Uh, do the people on my team have the ability to use their computer and function with their computer in the most basic format today? So can they log in to Zoom? Can they log into Microsoft Teams? Are they the person who can't figure out how to turn on their camera? Are they the person who can't figure out how to unmute themselves, right? When they're on a call and they, and, and, and those people, you know, we don't, we shouldn't abandon those people. We need to invest no. in them and the skills yes. that they, that they need in order to overcome that. So I, this is a true story. I was, um, I was last year, I was on a, a speaking engagement and I was speaking to um, a team of field sales, a field sales team. And we were talking about talent and hiring. And one of the leaders was SVP of sales. He, uh, he, they re had recently let somebody go. They were in like their first month or second month on the job. And they were onboarding these people. And they were like, we hired this person that, that couldn't type. And this is, and there he was like, we should never, never in a million years should somebody, some, should somebody have gotten through the interview process in our organization where they couldn't type, like they have to type emails, they have to communicate with their buyer. And so, you know, we see companies putting assessments in place around digital dexterity to gauge, to gauge where they're at, um, when, as you're onboarding and bringing in new talent to the organization. But I think the bigger challenge is really about um, identifying where the skill sets inside of your organization are today from a field selling perspective, and then investing in those people with, with getting the, the basic foundational elements of uh, understanding how to actually navigate and utilize technolo technology in a way that's going to make them more effective in their, in their profession. The other piece I wanted to look at was you mentioned automated win-loss as a tool, uh, gong, automated win-loss, those types of things as potential uh, foundational tools to get into the digital uh, space. I'm curious from your perspective, how does automated win-loss um, impact, accelerate, or or benefit an organization that might be moving down this path of, of increased digit, digitization and AI? 
Yeah, that's such a fantastic question. Um, I love that question, by the way. <clears throat> I think when we think about understanding why somebody, why a customer or prospect bought from me or didn't buy from me, that's interesting in and of itself. Now, if I have the ability to actually aggregate that data or that information across, let's just say hundreds or thousands of deals or hundreds or thousands of people, it's like this heat map that I can start to see in my organization of where deficiencies lie, right? So it could be, hey, listen, we, we, we put the win-loss analysis in place and after 90 days, we noticed that 82% of the deals that we did lose, we lost because of pricing. Now I have a heat map that can direct me to a very specific part in my organization that enables me to remediate that problem or that challenge. And so, and that, and by the way, those things change over time. They and do. so after we, and after we make that, that change, right, let's just say we're losing every, we're losing so much right now because of pricing. Let's take a second look at our pricing. We adjust it. Let's just say, hypothetically speaking, we adjust our pricing down and holy smokes, guess what? Let's, let's run that for 90 days on one loss. And now we're losing, you know, 26% of our deals because of price. Okay. That was effective right? That was an effective change. Now our pricing is maybe more in line with the market. And it's just a, a basic example, but it's this ongoing never off analysis that is constantly aggregating and heat mapping out to me as a sales leader, where to prioritize and spend my time. And that's, I think that's really the value of win-loss data and win-loss analysis. Now, the second part, which is the difficult part is how do I actually action that information and what do uh -oh, I do with it? Uh oh, let's go. Okay. I was, I was wondering if you were going to go to the spill. Oh, let's go. Here we go. Yeah. This is going to be an interesting conversation. This part. I mean, you, you, you take this one, you take this one. Cause like, I, I saw you jump up out of your seat. Like how, what's your approach to this? Like, I mean, you've been in the win-loss world actually much longer than I have. Um, yeah. What happens when uh, what happens when you, you're faced with this set of data? Sometimes it hits you like right between the eyes. You're like, oh my, I cannot believe that this is the reason, right? Um, that act, that follow through, taking action with that information. Uh, I'd love to get your perspective on it. Thanks for throwing that back to me. It's like, thank you. I appreciate that because you know that, that's a good one. But it goes like this. It's very simple. Um, I was on, uh, not I was actually face-to-face -face with this customer, which happens so rarely for me anymore. I never get to be face-to-face -face with my customers. As you said, they prefer digital and it's easier for everybody. But in this case, I happen to be face-to-face -face with um, a, uh, I think they were the C CRO of um, a business unit of a massive organization, a multi-billion dollar organization. And he says, I'm sharing these insights from the win-loss stuff that we're doing with him. He goes, this is fantastic. But he looks at me and he goes, Ryan, I don't know how to scale this. I don't know who to coach on what and when those are my biggest issues. I just don't know. And I was like, well, I've, we can help you here. And so the, the issue is scalability, right? So automated AI driven win loss programs that really operate appropriately can uh, empower you to know exactly that to the rep at the rep level. People always talk about win rates. Like there's some, you something it's entity that stands by itself but it's not win rates are just an, a, an accumulation of individual efforts and so at the rep level is what you need to change if you're going to change the top level win rate so automated ai driven 
win-loss can help answer those question, questions. Who needs help? When and on what? And that's how I see it being super actionable and forward-leaning. Those organizations that are heavy into AI that really are trying to do that, that's what they need to be doing is scaling the voice of their customer in a way that gets help to the frontline rep in real time around the things that were impactful to the decision. That's how I see it, Frank. I mean, do you see it So glad I kicked that one back to you because I don't think I could have said it any better. (laughs) I'm I'm in complete agreement with you. And um, I absolutely love the way that you, the way that you put that and laid that out. And um, I want to make space to, if it's okay with you, I want to make space to talk about that first category that we were talking about, optimized. Let's go. Here's why. In my personal opinion, they are on the cutting or the bleeding edge of, of adoption of artificial intelligence. And here's, here's why, because they've been selling in a digital world, many of us for five, 10, 15, 20 years. And so digital tools that had AI built into them already, it's table stakes. That's like, that's, I couldn't imagine a world without it. And so now they're thinking, how do I go the next step beyond this, right? And so some some really exciting and interesting use cases have popped up recently. And I just want to share a couple of those use cases with you. So one of them has been, uh, that's really exciting is for, for many companies is thinking about, especially in, in the down market, how do I get to small businesses faster? How do I get to small businesses faster? And they're being created every day. Every day, a new business is being formed and a new business is being shut down. A new business is being formed and a new business is being shut down. How do I get to them faster? And they're thinking about augmenting their data sets that they have today between their install base and then using data tools and artificial intelligence to create these new data lakes that they can begin matching, right? They can begin matching and identifying companies' journeys, how they're growing, are they actually staying in business, and then architecting a customer journey, a customer deciding journey um, for them in terms of where the right unique entry point is for them. Hmm. The next one, another crazy use case that is basically what people would refer to commonly as the Amazon model, which is like you purchased a pair of headphones. You may also need a case to go with your headphones, right? I refer to that as next logical product in the enterprise. So you purchase this piece of software, you may also need this training that goes along with it, or you may need the service that goes along with it, or actually you purchase this piece of software, these other pieces of software, you may also need to enhance your experience. And in the enterprise where we're looking at the Fortune 500 or the Fortune 1000, they may have thousands of products. They may have tens of thousands of SKUs that they can sell, sometimes more than that. So it's not as easy anymore as you bought a pair of headphones, you may also need a case. It is very, very complex. And it's always been kind of the great aspiration, in my opinion, of digital sellers to say, how do we bring these small products together into combinations and help architect a pathway to get there? But never before in history have we been able to do it in the way that we have with generative AI, where we can actually pull these things together and get really specific about what our customers' needs are. And then why is that, why is that important from a sales hunting perspective? Here's why it's important from a sales hunting perspective. I don't necessarily need to call my customer anymore, not knowing if they're remotely close to being qualified. I know that they're using this product and that product, and they also do not have this product, and it will enhance the way that they do business today. 
Now I already have part of the need. I know that they're kind of qualified and I'm having a more valuable discussion, spending less time hunting in an open field, right? And I'm hunting in, in, a, in a more contained area where with a bunch of more leads. So we're seeing a lot of that. And we're seeing a lot of automation through, uh, through chat start to happen. And I think this one is a, an, interesting, an interesting topic because chat, and this is get, get, get on my high horse here a little bit with some opinion, but chat historically uh, has been kind of deemed as AI, but really what it is is Boolean logic. A lot of if then, if then, if then, if then trees, decision trees. And now for the first time, we're seeing companies say, okay, um, Boolean logic is not AI. A bunch of if then statements that someone has to manually program is not AI. Now we're starting to see AI actually start to be incorporated into those things. And that's pretty exciting and interesting. And then you have uh, companies like Google or Smart Action who actually have um, natural language artificial intelligence where I call in to speak to somebody and it sounds like a human being is talking to me, mm. but it's not a human being. It's, it's, it is completely artificial intelligence. And I can actually have a conversation. I can ask questions. Um, hey, my bill looks like uh, you guys messed something up this month. Could you help me understand what's going wrong with my bill? And I'm having a conversation with what feels like a human being. And I'm not on wait. I'm not on hold for an hour in a queue somewhere. I'm actually getting through right away. And the use cases are just coming out of the woodwork. Um, messaging and content as well. Like it's just coming out of the woodwork of being able to create content rapidly, being able to be more personalized and prescriptive in the content that we want, we put together. Um, and so when we were in the very beginning of our conversation, I was saying, I think the first domino that's falling right now is really around process improvement. It's really around um, reducing manual time that human beings have to spend on mundane menial tasks and automating those things so that they can happen more quickly and in a less labor intensive way. And right now, what I'm witnessing with the enterprise is that this is happening just all over the place. And it's happening in the background, it's happening quietly, and it's happening silently, but they're all thinking about it, they're all incorporating it, and they're all finding efficiencies in sales that just were never before possible. Automation, natural language models, large language models, um, all of it kind of packaging into this AI kind of world. Um, rounding our conversation out here, Frank, so let's say one of our listeners is uh, a sales rep who might be nervous <laughs> or a person who might be nervous. Because at the end of the day, all of these are tools for the human, right? Uh, Skynet has not formed yet. Uh, Terminator is not real yet. Uh, there is no, you know, robot coming back in time to destroy, you know, humanity that, that that's not happening, but it does require a, just like a shovel requires a human to employ it, to make it go. Um, let's, it, it, the, the power of AI cannot be unlocked unless we have people employing it um, at some level. So if I'm a seller and I'm out there and I'm nervous about the impact of AI on my role, me personally. What advice would you give to these folks on how to deal, how to cope with this? You know, that's a that's a, a fantastic question. And I think you just kind of mentioned, you kind of alluded to this, but um, AI is only as good as what we put into it, at least for now, right? It's only as good as what we put into it. And so if you have tools at your fingertips that have, that leverage or incorporate or are augmented with AI, it's only as good as what you can put into it. And this conversation always 
uh, ends up to, for me anyway, leading to, well, Frank, are there not going to be salespeople one day? Will all salespeople just go away? <laughs> and the answer is no. Or that's my opinion. Salespeople aren't going anywhere, right? Um, so I, I asked a similar version of this question this week, actually, to several hundred different uh, sales leaders. I was on a, a kind of keynote circuit this week, speaking with a bunch of frontline managers that lead teams of five to 20 different people. And we were having a kind of fireside chat with, with these people on at a few different locations around AI. And a few things kind of to summarize how some of those conversations went for me this week. The first thing is I wasn't sure if people felt like AI was now or like it's or it's something in the future that's going to happen. And resoundingly, everybody's like AI is now. It's happening right now. The second thing was we we talked a lot about, well, actually, not only is AI now, but I'm already using AI in my life and I don't even know it, right? With things like um, I'm driving in my car and my car redirects me automatically on another route because it anticipates that there's a crash up ahead and it's going to save me some time. Or alternatively, um, uh, kind of in the Amazon example, right? Like I bought a pair of headphones. I might also need um, this case that goes with my headphones. And I also might need actually a charger to charge my headphones. Um, so AI is actually in our lives today and we just, we're not paying attention to it. It's already there. So it's, it's, it's AI is now, it's not in the future. And then I asked another question to those, those same people. And it was also kind of a resounding consensus. And that question was, how do you feel about um, your confidence in leveraging AI in your day-to-day? And it was like, not good. <laughs> like everybody's like, no, I don't feel good about it. It feels confusing. I'm not sure how to use it. Do you mean ChatGPT? Like, what do you mean when you say AI, right? And like ChatGPT and AI are two very separate uh, separate topics, right? Like ChatGPT is just one little, little tiny piece of AI, right? And so, um, and where we landed is that in this, in this case in particular, was like the examples we were just talking about, AI is, AI is already in our lives. Like, where do I start? Well, you're already using it, all right? So you're it's already here. And then when you think about the sales tools that you have today, um, it's in most of the sales tools that you have today and you're already using it and you don't know it. So what it's really about now is it's about really putting that effort in to the tools that you have today and using them to the maximum, to their maximum ability, right? And as leaders what, and, and as, as sellers, what we end up doing is we end up blaming the tool. We say, well, the tool is broken. The tool doesn't work because I'm not, I, I, it, they didn't reply to my email. I didn't get the feedback I was looking for. It's the tool's problem. It's never the tool's problem. It's the human's problem of what we put into the tool. And we struggle with this, in my opinion, so much because the effort that we put in is very far away from the outcome sometimes. And what it takes is it takes time and persistency and consistency and the input into the tools that we have access to today that leverage artificial intelligence to ultimately make them better to work for us. So AI is now, you're probably already using it and you don't even know it, or you do and you're aware. And, um, and you get into, just like anything in life, you get in, you get out of it what you put into it. And so put the things into the tools that you need that have been given to you that leverage artificial intelligence to really get that return back on, on your time investment. Tangible and doable advice, right? So absolutely, that was lovely. I loved the focus on, look, it's already out there. Number one, stop, stop being afraid of it for the future because it's already here. End of story, it's here. Number two, likely already using it. Number three, 
get good at the tools. That that is so, like that. That's just that's just the reality of the situation. So good, man. Any last thoughts here before we we uh, we wrap? Uh, no. Um, I, here's what I want to say. I want to say, Ryan, thank you. This has been so fun and exciting, and just getting to know you has been a pleasure. I could talk about this as you can see all day long, um, and I would absolutely love to come back and be a guest again in the future. Um, I think you did a great summary there, and I'm looking forward to uh, hearing the final cut and continuing to keep the dialogue around artificial intelligence and all things sales open and alive. Thanks, Frank, for the time. Appreciate you being here. And listeners, for more resources, you can check out the show notes of this episode at www.primary-intel.com forward slash podcast, or visit us at www.corporatevisions.com. And remember, no deal is out of reach. We'll see you next time.